Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Future of Place podcast, your podcast for strategies on the future of place and the evolving relationships between people, place, technology, and data. My name is Adam Beck. I'm host of the podcast. And at the Future of Place, we believe that place is the superior driver for our economy, an accelerator for sustainability, productivity, and inclusivity in our cities, communities, and towns. The work that we're doing is guided by the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, what we refer to as the Global Goals. You can find out more about our work at the Future of Place if you head to our website, futureofplace.global. But for now, let's discuss. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Future of Place podcast. My name is Adam Beck. I am host of the podcast, also my day job executive director at the Smart Cities Council for Australia and New Zealand. Looking forward to sharing an interesting, evolving concept and approach with you today, someone to talk me through issues, ideas, and processes around data-driven consumer customer behavior and action and insight. I've got with me David Katalovsky from Green Bee based out of Newcastle in Australia. David, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Adam. David, first question, of course, who are you and what do you do? I'm one of the co-founders of Green Bee. Green Bee is a utilities and smart cities platform that is used within the energy industry, the water industry, and within local government that connects with uh, customers, that drives behaviors around data, and it uses elements such as gamification, rewards, marketplaces, points to drive some type of a real world behavior and interaction with either a resource that is customers' energy or water use, or around specific behaviors within within an actual city. I have asked you to join this interview, David, because the future of place, we have this idea that data-driven place management and data-driven behavior and data-driven action and investment needs to be the norm, not necessarily at the moment. You've got a pretty decent track record across utilities and, and other thematic areas. So looking forward to your views around sort of the future of place and what data insights driven activity might look like. Let's start with the first question. So four questions, 20 minutes. Let's let's kick off big picture, an opening statement from you on all things data, cities, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're working on at the moment. I think that there's a, there's a real uh, paradigm shift sort of happening within uh, especially government tech. Uh, we've sort of seen um, how utilities have been uh, digital transforming over the last five or so years in terms of better, better access to data, in terms of using smart meters to, to measure um, customers' uh, usage patterns and then marrying that up to things such as behind the meter data in terms of what my household looks like, how many people within it. And then obviously being able to, to leverage that data to, to shift behaviors. And that's what's called um, demand management. And there's specific areas around demand response when we want to, to shed demand or shift demand across a grid or a water network when, when there's high peaks uh, happening as, as often does within Australia. And you can essentially apply the same logic within smart cities to connect 
with customers to deploy um, sensors and IoT uh, devices across a city to collect data. And once you have that connection with customers, you have a couple of levers that you can pull to essentially drive behaviors that will essentially enhance interaction with specific precincts within a, within a city. You sort of think about local library and you know incentivizing people to use that via gamification, or you could also use gamification to, to essentially um, have people um, visiting businesses and carrying out commerce with uh, small local businesses that we obviously all want to try and support during these times. And it can all essentially be facilitated through technology. And I guess applications such as ours are, are being used for that specific purpose. COVID has certainly shone a light on a number of blind spots that we had or have in our cities. I certainly have observed over the last 12 months cities that wish they had data on certain things. They, they wish they understood in more real time what the community was thinking and what it was doing and therefore, you know, they can sort of direct stimulus and investment here and there. Let's talk about the state of play right now, David. This idea of insights-driven consumer engagement, gamification, all of that helping us to make better decisions as public sector. What's the state of play, if I can use that terminology? I think what we've seen over the past decade is the evolving theme of smart cities. And I think um, in 2021, with people working from home and, and really relying on technology and, and data to, to allow us to make better decisions in the private sector. I think we're still some ways behind that in when we're sort of looking at sort of local government in particular. There's so many opportunities out there. And as you sort of say, blind spots. I think the, the big one is particularly around being able to uh, really connect with our, our citizens. And once we've connected with them, and I'm, I'm not just talking about just having a website, but really um, having some um, rich profiling data on who our customers are, how they behave, what programs they interact with, what modules or educational pieces they interact with and services they interact with. That's really, really valuable data in terms of being able to provide better services and more relevant personalized services to our sort of citizen groups. And what we sort of have seen, especially from younger generations, you know, they're, they're not used to sort of just connecting through a call center or even a website. Um, we're talking about a TikTok generation here uh, that are going to be our future sort of future of place citizens here. So we're really looking at you know, user-centric design that essentially wraps our, our applications in a, in a form that is identifiable by our, our youngest citizens and then really tracking how they interact with our, our applications and what programs, initiatives, um, educational content, themes that they're essentially most interested in, what data they're giving us. So we can essentially adapt to that sort of future opportunity of, 
of engaging with those next generation of constituents and and their needs and wants moving forward. So all of that essentially is being collected via via platforms such as such as Greenbees. And there's a whole theme of different modules that that I guess cities are sort of deploying around that. In particular, some really interesting ones such as the city of Newcastle, which has a specific module that encourages people to give blood and gives a, a certain number of, of civic points for, for young people in, in terms of completing that challenge, as they're called. And then with those points, they can, can go ahead and use them at a, at a local business to, to get a certain discount. So it's creating this, this triple bottom line, I guess, in terms of the city achieving its objectives uh, along the lines of health and well-being, also passing that on to the local economic benefit and, and our future sort of citizens in doing good and performing their civic duties. So technology is empowering all of that. And um, I think you can sort of clearly see it sort of goes beyond just having um, a couple of bullet points on a, on a website where there's no data that's actually coming out of, out of something like that. We're really looking at really granular data here and, and how we can leverage it and really supercharge it so it can have other flow on effects in terms of the local, local economy. So my question, David, around state of play, I don't want to put words in your mouth. And we know that fantastic work from Newcastle is is certainly leading work. Would you say, however, that that is the exception and not the norm? I think from our experience and what we see across across other cities, it, it is. And we understand that change is difficult, um, especially when you're talking about monumental you know, digital transformation shifts and talking about things such as citizens and, and data um, and how that's sort of managed. Um, they're always, I guess, going to be controversial topics at the, at the initial stages. But when you're sort of looking at the state of play in terms of what our customers and constituents and citizens are giving their data voluntarily to on a daily basis, it's the common themes of the Facebooks and the social media networks. Uh, it obviously comes part and parcel of, uh, of what they do and how they essentially monetize um, all of our data as a part of their business model. What we're sort of suggesting is that government can be the custodian of that data and, and use it for good and use that data to improve the well-being and, and the livability of its cities, also support businesses and people's well-being um, through that. The Newcastle work, I'd like to talk about a little bit more if I can, and I'm going to push us to question three, which is, let's discuss the big opportunity here. So it's the, the optimistic question. It's a nice one to spend a little bit of time on. I've seen the Newcastle platform a little bit, uh, Lean in Newey. It does a lot of different things. There's gamification built in and all those that functionality that you discussed. It also came across to me as a platform that gave the foundations to then something that could be endless in terms of how it engaged the sectors, you know, the use of challenges, you know, you, you referred to donating blood, right? That is one of thousands of different good things that citizens can, can get engaged in. So that's sort of my reference to sort of it's, it's endless, right? So in terms of the opportunity here, can we get some greatest hits coming out of Newcastle? By that, I mean, 
some of the feedback? Did it make a difference? Is the community more engaged? Uh, was there an element of better outcomes in particular areas? I mean, this is uh, the idea of being data-driven. Has or does the data suggest in terms of the success of what Newcastle did? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's quite astounding to sort of see the level of engagement and behaviours that that technology can bring about when you wield it um, the right way. And, and I think Newcastle's a, a primary example of that. They're, they're quite forward thinking in their approach and not afraid of giving new things a go. But I think we see a world that is beyond just putting content onto a social media network and getting a thumbs up from, from a post. And that doesn't really give us as a city or a service provider much granularity of data in terms of what are the actual behaviours and what is the what is the net outcome of of mm. what we're asking people to actually do. We actually want to collect as granular data as we possibly can within within reason in terms of privacy and what have you. In the example of of giving blood, it's essentially a module that asks people to upload evidence either through a through a photo or or a, or a document that says that they've they've given they've given blood, and then that's verified by the health and wellbeing team within their council. So people get points out of doing those things, and um, and obviously they have a record of of those people. Um, and their age sort of range, but uh, I think it, it sort of demonstrates what is capable, can what the outcomes can be, and what the capabilities are if you sort of give things a, a go. And I think uh, for for a lot of cities, there's there's so much potential there. It's it's just about looking at other other solutions and other platforms out there beyond the Facebook drug, I guess that we're <laughs> that we're sometimes hooked yeah. on to. Um, yeah. that, that doesn't really give us all that much back. I mean, Facebook collects its collects data for for itself and its own purposes, um, and it certainly doesn't give any of that data back for for the needs that we sort of need to in terms of having people better connect to to our cities and our government, and also with with different uh, precincts within cities but you know there's been an enormous amount of feedback that the likes of um, the the city of Newcastle and their smart cities team have um, have gotten from this one particular review that I've had from here was from a resident called Gabby and she said the app is amazing the concept behind it is incredible helping so many small businesses and being able to take part in this wonderful community of Newey also not to mention the actual app itself so well thought out and designed just love it all um, you know, that mm. kind of feedback is really hard to get in when you're talking about government, clearly, potentially a younger demographic that we're sort of looking at here. I think that's, uh, that's some signs of true success when they've at the first instance for something that's so young and so new to, to be creating these, these types of technologies for, uh, for its citizens to constantly interact with. And it's not just a one hit wonder either. We're talking about people constantly logging back in and and completing more things, um, you know, giving blood, one of them, um, getting the COVID vaccine is is another one, and, and a whole range of other uh, challenge modules that the that the teams within the city are uh, are spinning up. So there is really no limit. I think it's it's sort of surprising us the unlimited number of ways in which um, in which it's being wielded for for good. I want to transition to our fourth and final question, David, and it's a bit of a catch-all, which is, you know, what are you looking forward to 
in the future? What are you excited about over the coming year or two? But let me get you to answer that as we come out of question three, which is what's the big opportunity? And so my hybrid question here to bridge the two questions is, what are the potential outcomes if we see this approach scaled? Imagine not, you know, we're here talking about Newcastle right now, great outcomes, there's 530 plus local authorities around the country, and not to mention sub components of cities being neighborhoods and communities, you know, geographic sort of units of our cities. I'm sure that you can scale platforms and solutions and approaches like this up and down, right, in terms of scale and size. I can imagine even if a third of the nation was adopting these kind of approaches, just how fundamentally it could be, you know, transformative. But that's but that's just me. So I want to put the question on to you. What does scale, what does more widespread adoption of this look like in terms of outcomes? And what are you excited about? in sort of striving and moving that idea forward? I think we're sort of, to use a quick analogy, we're at the first couple of overs of, um, of what this sort of digital transformation sort of looks like for, for local government. And, and obviously the, the wheels are turning and, um, and scale is coming in a transition to these types of solutions uh, coming thick and fast. But I, I think the greatest potential is the impacts that you can make on so many different topics um, and themes, uh, whether you're talking about health and well-being, about giving blood, getting the flu vaccine or COVID vaccine, um, sustainability and having people engaging with sustainability content, watching a video and then answering a couple of questions after it to, to earn points through gamification and spending those with businesses, giving their feedback on, um, on items and issues that are relevant to them within their specific area and having that targeted to those specific profile of citizens. Basically, um, a, a whole range of things that can also include volunteering and building up a whole army of citizen sort of volunteers and then having them connect to charity groups or community groups within your local city. So it's essentially creating this micro community that is branded as, as government that allows government to be the connector between uh, between a whole range of topics and to be the custodian of that data. And whether you're looking at you know, topics around climate change, um, sustainability, waste, engagement and feedback, helping local charities, helping the elderly, helping local businesses and giving them a platform that they can connect with local citizens and their local community. Um, it's essentially government underpinning all that and, and being able to connect all of those different stakeholders within its own piece of um, technology that will allow it to, to capture that data to see how it's actually tracking in the real world in terms of what behaviours are people actually doing, what are they actually doing out in our, in our cities and in our communities, are we actually having a, a positive impact, how we can influence those things, and we'll have all of that data at our disposal disposal in real time. So we'll, we'll see things as they're actually happening out there instead of this whole, I guess, current state of play of, of flying blind in, in some areas. A lot of guesswork, hey? Yeah, and it's a really, I don't know what the word is, rich data point, isn't it? Because from 
a customer's use and engagement, you're actually getting to know more about them, what their interests are and what they like, which is very difficult on a checkbox survey monkey kind of website feedback form. You know, you're really getting deeper into sort of what they, yeah. It's really using, I guess, the the data science that's used out in the real world by the Facebooks and the Googles and the Apples to, I guess, track a lot of what we're sort of doing online and, and obviously using that for its own purposes. Um, it's using the same methodologies, but using that data for, but for, for good, good. <laughs> in, in terms of not, not, not selling us advertising, um, but to improve our lives and improve the cities and improve the vulnerable people that make up our cities and people that need help and essentially being able to leverage that data for, for good. I mean, that's, that's kind of the holy grail um, in terms of what we have set out to achieve with, with it from a city perspective. And, and we can see from, from those kinds of customer responses um, or user responses that there, there is an appetite out there. You just have to be willing to, to have a go and put yourself out there. But, uh, but I think that we've seen that, that people want to interact more with government and their cities and that they're willing to do so if it means that they're playing a part in improving the well-being of others and being a, a true member of the community. And I think that's kind of the missing piece that sort of exists from a technology side that that you can actually do that. David, the urban planner in me asks another follow-up question to that a little bit more nerdier. I, w- I would imagine that this more dynamic, rich, insightful data or has the option to be geolocated, which means that we can then bring it into one of many other different platforms that cities use to plan their cities and manage their cities, i.e. GIS, i.e. digital twin. It kind of can talk to a whole range of other overlays and data sets, can't it? Yeah, that, that's right. So, so we have partnerships with the likes of Telstra IoT and, and Optus and, and a whole bunch of other sort of uh, IoT leaders uh, um, that, that obviously allows us to connect with those IoT networks that makes data within our cities more relevant to people and if you can sort of envisage opening your application not only seeing a whole range of uh, modules or behaviors that you can participate in around giving blood or helping but you're able to obviously personalize the IoT sort of sensor data that is um, that is most relevant to to residents within a city within a specific region if you're talking about things such as air quality or footfall for um, for the likes of small local businesses, um, giving them a portal that they can access that data, uh, not only access that data, but it can help them also drive sales because mm. it connects into, um, into the city's citizen-facing application. We're trying to create triple bottom lines and, and deliver more personalized services and, and value to, to people that make up our cities. Well, David, I could go on for some time talking with you about this topic but uh, unfortunately I, I can't but we might pick it up another time it's been great to get some insights into the emerging technology and data enablers through for example the work that you do that are allowing cities to create and shape better places uh, through economic development and and so on and so forth. So um, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast uh, look forward to 
chatting to you again soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Adam. Take care. And for our listeners, that was David Katalowski, co-founder of Green Bee. And for our listeners who aren't subscribing to the podcast, you can do so. Head to your favourite podcast platform. You'll find us there, Future of Place. You can also head to our website, futureofplace.global. My name is Adam Beck, your host of the podcast. We look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks so much for joining us.